0: Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news.
1: Welcome to the good news, Angie, Austin, and friends, Robbie Yopst, author and speaker, and Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, author and speaker. Hello, ladies. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Okay, Robbie uh, told us on Friday that she has a story about lizards that get cold and that fall from trees and how it's a lesson that we can learn that will help our marriages. All
2: right. Well.
1: (laughs) Well, it's a tease. We still can't tell what it is. Okay.
2: I'm waiting. Tell me when. Okay. Oh, come next. on. Really?
1: No, she's next right after my good news story. We always start with good news.
2: Okay. I don't know that
1: Elizabeth's falling from a tree when It's, cold, it's, it's worth waiting for. It's worth waiting for. No, but okay. there's good news that can come out of it. Right. And then Beatrice has been mentoring kids and she's teaching them some life lessons, you know, about inspiring them teaching them not to accept negative legal labels about themselves and uh you know when they don't believe they're capable because they've been beaten down in life of achieving things how she is teaching them that they are capable of great things love that because she has such a gift for inspiring kids doesn't she
0: i enjoy it because i wonder what it would have been like if i had a me back then
1: right to inspire you how much i can't imagine
2: you being even any better
1: Oh, bless your heart! I can't. Can, know, can I you know.
2: imagine if she did have like a Beatrice in a her mentor. life?
1: Yeah, I wow. think
2: she'd be running everything.
1: These she really convinces these kids that they they I, one girl and I hope you tell the story. Beatrice later said she didn't know how to forgive and get past things, and Beatrice talked to her about how to do that. So mm. interesting. It's All right, because some of these wonderful. kids have been really. Injured. Oh, yeah. You know, really hurt. All right, let's start with an 11 year old boy, and he skipped his own birthday party to honor police officers. And he decided to do this last year when there were, you know, a lot of things going on around the country, and still to some degree there are. Uh, talking about police officers and that they were, you know, bad and there have been a lot of protests and there have been some bad cops, oh, let's yeah. be honest. There have been yeah. some bad cops, yeah. but yeah. a lot of good ones. So this little boy, had w- he wanted to be a police officer. And then he said to his mom, but mom, is that a good thing to want to be anymore, to be a police officer? Aww. And so they had a talk and he decided he wanted to honor the good ones. And what's interesting is you can hear the emotion, the voices of some of these officers, how much it touched them that he mm. had this big party for them. And uh, he decided to forego Wallace birthday presents, and one guy flies in from L.A., another guy comes in from Georgia, Aww. and he thought he'd have like 10 officers, it was over 100, so take a listen to the party. It's my favorite good news reporter, Steve Hartman from uh, CBS, and he has told me in the past, my good news stories are about two things, faith and family.
0: <laughs> it's not unusual for police to get called to a party, but what was unusual about this party in Lansing, Michigan, is that it was in their honor. A police thank you party put on by this most unlikely host. Why did you want to do this?
2: So I'm throwing them the thank you party to show them I still appreciate them.
0: Last year, in the midst of all those police protests, 11-year-old Jeremy Bordua, who'd always wanted to be a police officer, asked his mom, Marcella, if he'd picked the wrong profession.
2: He goes, Mom, the cops are still the good guys, right? And I said, yeah, there are some bad police officers, and then there's still the good ones that are trying to protect themselves.
0: Jeremy got that but he still didn't like the idea of the good being lumped in with the bad. So to rectify the situation, he told his mom that for his next birthday, all he wanted was to throw a thank you party for police, assuming they would come. I mean, I thought maybe there'd be three or four guys here.
2: Yeah, me too. You too? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know it was going to be this big, really.
1: Super wow. sweet.
2: That's
1: amazing. Wow. And just the emotion in their voices that, you know, these officers, they're human. Mm-hmm. You know, they have feelings. They're beat up by what's happened. Their morale is low, you know, and they're being killed. People are walking up to their cars and shooting them, going into restaurants and shooting. I mean, can you imagine the adrenaline, the anxiety that they have just sitting in a restaurant or sitting in their car? You know, I mean, walking out the door and their families, how their families feel right now. Yeah. And granted, I agree, there have been some bad cop stories over the last few years, but 99.9% of these guys and gals are good people. So here's part two
0: once word got out more than a hundred officers responded and not just from lansing but from all over the state of michigan deputy james revel drove here from georgia i just want to say thank you for doing all that you do for us
2: you're welcome
0: because he saw not every police officer is bad (laughs) we're human beings and that's what he sees in us there's one person that really recognizes what we truly are out here to do there just aren't kids like that Gary Hall flew in from Los Angeles. I gotta tell you, Jeremy, how much this really means to us. The kid had no idea the depth of their gratitude. Thank you. But he was about to find out. You're a good boy.
2: Thank you.
3: See,
0: to help make all this happen, Jeremy not only gave up his party, but his presence as well. So, in appreciation for that sacrifice, the Lansing Police Department made him an honorary member of their force. We also have a hat for you. Gave him a real uniform right down to the badge. So I'm going to pin this badge on you, okay? Last year at this time, Jeremy wasn't sure he wanted to be a cop. Now, he is unwavering. If you pull me over, can I get out of my speeding ticket? And incorruptible.
1: Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) All right now. How cute That's was this cool. little this little uniform. It was the real deal. They had it sewn for him. That's it was incredible. a full on, hundred percent real uniform. Wow. No little plasticky jacket or buttons. It was like all the patches and everything. It was so neat. That's cool. Yeah. That's how old is he? Eleven. It's his eleventh birthday. Incredible
2: to have an eleven-year-old so unselfish. I'm
1: yeah. just blown away by some of the kids' stories we do. Where some kids just naturally get it, or and are naturally giving. Because mm-hmm. I, feel, one of my kids is like that. The other two, oh my, they don't even want to give you a tic tac. Oh boy, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> that happened over the weekend. And I was like, could mommy have a tic tac? no, you know, I only have 172. I go, (laughs) Let me tell you something. Let me just put this, let me just make it real for you. I'm giving you 171 of them. Mm. And I'm keeping (laughs) one for myself because every one of them I bought for you. Mm. So really it's not you giving me one. It's me giving you 171 and I'm keeping one, Mm. you know, because they don't get it that we're giving everything to them. And sometimes they think just giving one little thing back to you is somehow like, (gasps) Oh, Oh, you want a bite of my brownie? Yes, I do when I'm taking it, whether you like it or not.
0: And see, they wonder why we make statements like, wait till you have kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the the natural state of a child mm-hmm. is to only be concerned with themselves. Oh, yeah. Is it and survival? The, absolutely. And especially um, as teenagers. they grow up teenagers, <laughs> they have this mirror in front of their face, two inches from their face, and that's all their whole world. So these are these are exceptional, wonderful kids who just have a natural heart for others. That's I awesome. love it.
1: Well, and let's be honest, both of you—we're all married. Uh, you know, Jorge's married, Moose is married, Robbie, uh, drill sergeant of life, 25 years now, right? 25 years. And you're over 20, Robbie, right? I'm t- no, I'm just at 20. At just at 20. Okay. Well, if you're at 20, then you might be like a week or a month over
2: 20. I'm at 20 in June. Okay. <laughs> So I'm actually before 20. 20 just, I just before call 20. It 20. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Come oh yeah. on, it's yeah. 20.
1: Well, you and your husband are doing a marriage ministry now because we at 12 years, was it 12 years and you separated? No, 12 years ago you separated. Yeah,
2: uh, seven years uh, together we separated.
1: Okay, so you yes. separated seven years into the marriage, uh-huh. uh, rebuilt the marriage, and now we're helping other couples rebuild their marriages.
2: Amen. It's so rewarding. Oh, it, is it is so rewarding. Oh, We've bet. just started this, but oh, my word.
1: Already you're really feeling it?
2: You know, uh, Three months ago, we started working with a couple, and I remember their their first meeting was just divorce, divorce, and yelling. Mm -hmm. Really? Shame. Divorce, divorce, yelling, shame. And last week, we met met with them every week, and last week um, we met with them, and uh, one of their assignments was to write a love letter with just three things they really loved about the other person. Hmm. And by the time that everybody finished, we're all crying. Really? Because there's hope. Everything's not fixed, of course, but there's hope. And it was just... I mean, I thank God that we get to watch this. Amen. Well, how yeah, so how great. cool is that it's to incredible. show people that
1: you you don't have to get divorced that you can rebuild this marriage?
2: Absolutely, nothing is impossible with the Lord. Amen. Nothing, Amen. and you know, we understand biblically there are reasons for a divorce,
1: but in absolutely, general, and let's it, be honest, a lot of times we give up.
2: Good, yeah, exactly, and it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of women who really don't want to get divorced, but their husband will not change at all and the behavior that they um is pretty much abuse it's almost abuse yeah kind of abuse so
1: all right let's talk about your lizard story you know
2: what here's the deal in florida yeah florida uh, florida where
1: it's been really cold because i was just there a week ago and i am not kidding you i had three blankets on
2: do you know the temperature
1: it did get down into i believe it was the 30s or 40s okay
2: well if it gets to 39 degrees we got under that 39 degrees in Florida, there are these lizards that are part iguana. Okay. I guess they're a cousin okay. of the iguana. And they naturally live up in trees. And so if it, it's 40 degrees, they're up there. They're having a great They're
1: weekend. fine. Yeah, 40 degrees, they're enjoying themselves.
2: Oh, it's life is good. Yeah. 39, they drop. They freeze. They go into a... Hibernation. Exactly. And, they, and you see them all over the... They grass. fall right out of the tree. Thud. Yeah. And it's just a weird um nature thing uh-huh. that happens. But I I was watching you can look it up on YouTube. I was watching this video and it occurred to me that's just like marriage. Hmm. Because here's the deal ninety percent of communication mm-hmm. is listening. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard sometimes in marriage after you've been married, especially for a while, mm-hmm. to really listen to your partner. Mm-hmm. So for example um, when my husband looks at me and he says, did you hear about that linebacker? Boom. <laughs> thud. Thud. I'm well, on the she's ground. She's like a yeah. I do yeah. not yeah. care about I got the you. linebacker. She doesn't listen. She's I will, I'm not i You I'm don't not want to present. know his
1: team, his name. You I don't, don't want to know his stats. Exactly.
2: It doesn't matter.
1: It's, it's like my, when my husband uh, gets one hour into complaining about his startup, Thud.
2: <laughs> I'm exactly. like a frozen lizard. Boom. Yeah. And um, when I, whenever I say, you know what, John, I can't believe she said that. I almost can hear boom. <laughs> Because he doesn't want to hear about my feelings and what's been going on in my friendships. He just doesn't care. Now, I'm not saying that this is right. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that this is just nature. This is part of it. One thing that we have to do in our marriages to make them the best we can be is that when we are tempted to freeze up and thud, Mm -hmm. we actually engage Mm -hmm. and say, you know what? And here's the line. If it's important to him, it's important to me. If it's important to him, it's important to me, and that pushes you. Can to you see my engage. eyes are starting to glaze
1: over a little bit? You guys bit. both because I'm like my right eye just started twitching. <laughs> start twitching. <laughs> well, I know my husband's eye would be twitching too because there's oh certain. My gosh. Has it Ever happen to you, Jorge? Does your wife start talking about something from work and then you just thud? You yeah. know, you just turn off and you want to vacuum. Yeah. I know Jorge loves to vacuum to get his thread. Really? Just like my husband. husband. My husband and Jorge, they love vacuuming.
2: That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So Visit he just wants home.
1: to. Yeah. He, they want to turn the vacuum cleaner okay. on when we start talking it about our feelings. It
0: happens to me when my husband puts on his, his um, Denver Broncos shirt. Really? Yeah. 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 I fall out the tree. I really do. Yeah. I do my because husband, I know. <laughs> I'll listen to my
1: husband complain about a startup for about, I'd say, 15, 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, but then I'm, like, done. I just want to walk and not talk about it. And here's why. Because it causes me a lot of pain as well because yeah. – I, his sacrifices have ended up being my sacrifices. Mm. The longer he stays in, the harder I have to work, the longer I have to support the family. And to be honest with you, I don't like to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I'll ask him to like call his parents and talk to them more about the complaints <laughs> mm-hmm. because I get so angry that it's, right. I like to file it in the back of my brain. But I will listen to other boring topics. See, if he wants to talk about Jeeping, I'll let him talk all he wants and I'll be interested because he's interested. But the, the startup, that topic, Makes, I don't like to talk. think about how much it has changed my life and how it's three years into a lot of sacrifices for me.
2: I can totally understand that. That's valid. And I think that if you really know your spouse, then there are times I know not to talk to John about my feelings <laughs> because he will not care. Pesky so I call feelings. up a girlfriend yeah. who mm-hmm. will listen to me. And if John, very smart, sometimes he knows, oh, wait, Robbie, no football story. Mm-hmm. Noah, our 17-year-old son, they go for hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. So it's just smart knowing your spouse. But mm-hmm. it is important to listen to a point.
1: All right, that cracks me up because that just with your husband and your son and you and who will listen to football. My son, who's 10, loves to talk to my 17-year-old football-playing nephew about football. Mm-hmm. Well, then my 21-year-old nephew's a dancer, mm-hmm. and so he does ballet. Right. He doesn't want to. He just. He doesn't even know any of the teams. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I, I grabbed the phone from Riley and I said, "Oh, how'd it go, Gary?" He goes. He just talked to me for 10 minutes about football, so I put my dad on the phone. <laughs> you know, my, my brother will talk about football. So he just traded off to a person exactly. that will listen to that topic. So we have to uh, you know, use some wisdom in who to talk about, about what, for how long. But with that said, we have to get, have some grace and let people talk about what interests them. It's like when I go four-wheeling with my husband, I do it because he likes it.
2: Exactly, and that's just love. That's going first. Yeah. That's really loving the other person. I want to say something that has nothing to do with this. Last do. week, mm-hmm. last week I had lunch with three ladies, and we're sitting there, and I said, "This is all I said." Do you guys have you guys heard about those uh, those oil things? What do you call them? The not aromatherapy essential, essential oils. Essential oils, yeah. Forty five minutes later. They are just winding down. These essential oil women are fanatics. Oh, boy. Have you met any of them? I would go through no.
1: with that.
4: Oh,
2: I no. went thud about no. 5 minutes into it cuz oh. it's like, are you kidding me?
1: They can talk about what it can do for your earwax, your nose, <laughs> your pimples, your acne, Hair's... how it dyes your hair, it cures flu, oh for HIV, gosh. you can take it for any kind of cancer. I'm thudding. You can rub it, you know, your I'm fingernails thudding. and make them grow. It makes your hair <laughs> I'm, grow and I'm thudding. Uh, yeah, the corns on your feet. I mean, they have a cure. You can mix different oils for everything and I got conned into it for sleeping. And I, you know, I spent like you know 19.99 each for three oils, and they're like, rub it on your big toe, and it'll make you sleep. My husband's like, what is that smell? I'm like it is my big toe. No, oh seriously, gosh. what is that smell? I'm like I'm like it's my big toe. I put three essential oils on my big toe. It's supposed to help me go to sleep, and that all I felt was you know what I felt. I wasn't sleeping. I felt ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I felt. Off. I felt ripped off. I wasn't even tired. That's what I felt. Oh my god. I didn't gosh. feel at ease or any you know my anxiety was not re- reduced. And it smelled <laughs> bad. I <it> was stinky.
2: <laughs> you know. What? And that I'm was smelly. keeping your husband awake. <laughs> right. But
1: but I will say. There are a couple of them that work for making you alert, yes. like bitter orange and peppermint. If you sniff them, they really will wake you up. And lavender is relaxing.
2: Yes, and pepper, I have um, hot flashes. Oh, good and for you. if you put on the back of your neck, it, <laughs> good for me. All the men right now are thudding. A- no, you when you said hot flash, hot- every
1: man, look at Jorge, he's asleep. Th- 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 yeah, th- th- everyone, look at Moose, he's falling to the ground. Th- yeah. uh, can't you yes. just go
0: get a bag of peppermint? I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, it, when we're, well, we don't eat sugar to the essential
1: like you, Beatrice. Oil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. According to them, no. no. But you're right. I mean, they are fanatics, and they'll post about it. Oh. And like, oh my gosh! And you say I'm not feeling well, and they have all these oil. Well, concoctions we have an oil for that. That's yeah. Right. Oh, no, that's, well, you
0: must come to my yeah. show.
1: Yes. 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 <laughs> oh my yes, gosh! Right. Um, and I have, I have a party at my house. So you get there and you're like, it's an essential oil party, and you can't even run fast <laughs> enough. Yeah, and the first one is free. The first one is free. Now uh-uh. don't get me wrong, I'm I do good. believe some of this stuff does. Some of it does, work.
2: but they're fanatics.
0: Yes, it gets a wow. little bit fanatical.
2: So, Dial it back, essential oil women. Okay, yeah. I have a question for yes, you. Yes, yes. Is
0: there a solution to keep me from falling out of the tree? Okay.
2: Um Because I'm
0: that I'm that lizard.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. okay. When she doesn't when hide stuff, it. Uh, I do she not hide it. She just shuts her
1: eyes. I do. What's the solution?
2: Short answer, no. Enjoy oh. your sleep. I don't know.
1: <laughs> All right. Then. I, th- I think that instead of following on the street, you just try to engage. You just try exactly. to be interested. Exactly. You make an effort to show them you care enough to care about their essential oils or their startup or the text they've received from Susie for the 79th time. You <laughs> pretend to. Ca- you fake it until you make it. Pretend oh, you care until you actually want to hear the story. No, Done. we have to show interest in them. They're our husbands. We love them. Yes. All right. We'll be right back with the good news.
0: You heard it in church. Now you have it here on 810 KLVZ. And yes, it's all right to sing along.
1: Hey, it's Angie with the good news. Do you ever feel like, you know, you need a roadmap to your goals or you need some hope or you feel lost? Well, Carrie Conley with Infinite Nation, she teaches us the specifics, the roadmap to reach your goals and dreams. Hi, Carrie. How are you, Angie? It must be very exciting for you to help people reach their goals. It's very exciting because everybody has a vision of what they want their life to look like, Angie, but most of us walk around with it all stuffed inside and not able to get it out. And that's what I help people do. And what I find that you do is you have us write down uh, what we see ourselves doing or would like to see ourselves doing in one year, two year, three years. Right. And then you ha- you break it down into steps and then it makes it so much more simplified and less intimidating. Well, I think people overestimate that, you know, a baby step ha- can take you a long way. So yes, I get them to take little tiny baby steps toward the bigger vision of what they want their life to look like. All right. If people want to talk to you, work with you, see what you're up to, how do they reach you? InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie.
3: You know, I was living in my van at the time, and that's when I found myself in uh, the park. There was no reason that seemed to go on. I had nothing to live for. I found myself sitting on that park bench with a bottle of whiskey in one hand and a gun in the other. Finished the whiskey and stuck the gun in my mouth and pulled the trigger. The bullet bounced off my C1 vertebrae and lodged behind my ear. I was in the hospital for about 10 days, and then after a thorough mental evaluation, mental health evaluation, and they pretty much booted me out on the street. And then everything went downhill. I started drinking, and about six weeks later, I was in detox again, and a nice lady at detox just looked at me and said, boy, with your story, you need to get into a better program, or you're not going to be alive very long. And she helped me get into the downtown Denver Rescue Mission, and uh, and here I am today because of that. And I've got my great family. They love me, and I spend more time with them than anybody, and life is good.
0: To find out how you can help people just like Joe, go to denverrescuemission.org. Worship through wonderful music, impactful sermons, and inspirational talk programs. Where love lives, 810-KLVZ.
1: Oh, my goodness, you are about to be blessed. Arlene Pellicane, you hear, you've hear? you heard her numerous times if you listen to Focus on the Family. She has several books, including 31 Days to a Happy Husband. And she's got one to make wives happy as well and how to look younger. She's got it all. Uh, hello, Arlene. Hello, it's good to talk with you. Okay, so you and I speak a lot. We've become radio friends. And I have to just tell you, another one of my girlfriends, Robbie Yopes, she has a marriage ministry. So she also speaks about... Uh, Uh, you know, Christian marriages and families and how to, you know, have fun and love each other, keep it fresh. I just want to share with you that last week she did share a lizard story. She said there's lizards in Florida, and when these lizards get cold, they fall from the tree with a a thump, like thud, thud, when when it gets chilly, right? And she said yep. that's what we wives do when our husbands bring up boring topics, and that's what they do to us, <laughs> that we just go thud. It's almost like we go to sleep and our heads thud, like our brain freezes like a lizard, and we don't listen. And so I know that's a big – I just thought that was hilarious. Because that's very
4: funny. <laughs> you can tell your spouse, I'm getting very cold like the lizard, and I'm about to fall off out of the tree. <laughs> because so, you – A lot are- of times – a lot of times we, you know, we're women, so we think about it for men. They're the ones that are, that, why aren't you listening? But I think about these husbands and, and to, to them to listen for a long time about our day and our things. I mean, that was hard for them. It's exhausting for them. My husband, James, will say, do you have any idea? Because men don't get necessarily points in our minds for, oh, they listen so well, and they seem concerned about what I was talking about. You know, we don't, we don't tend to score them like, oh, good husband points. When we do the, you know, let's say the physical affection at night, we think, oh, we were such a good wife. We're like doing so good for our husband. But we don't recognize that when they do the things like trying to listen to us and things like that, that's them as this lizard that's normally trying, you know, would be getting cold, and all of a sudden they're trying very hard to stay warm. And listen, they yeah. And they you. should get
1: they should get husband points for listening. I love that. Yeah. We're going to focus first um, just on enriching our uh, our lives in terms of our marriages and families. And this is your area of expertise. Just real quickly, what? Why do you have such a passion for this? You've written a lot of yeah. books about this topic.
4: Yeah, you know, I think that when people grow up, whether they're adults or they're children, and you are in a home environment that is loving nurturing, stable, secure. I mean, think of what kind of jump that gives you in life. You know, if you're having a hard day at work, but you know I'm going to come home, and my home life, like my spouse, is going to love me, is going to take care of me, is going to make me feel secure. I mean, how awesome is that? Versus, oh, man, I had a terrible day at work, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to argue with my spouse, and we're in trouble all the time. I mean, that so changes your life. Mm
1: -hmm. And I look
4: at my children. I've got three kids. They're six, nine, and eleven. And if they're growing up in a home where there's love and there's laughter, and it's not the absence of problems, but it's being able to confront those problems in love and working things out. If they have that security, it's so different than their counter counterpart classmate that has to spend one weekend with dad and one weekend with mom. And it's so hard. So my passion is really to help people say, okay, if, if God is who he is, and if marriage is what he designed, how can I get better at this? How can mm-hmm. I thrive at this? And and how can I bless my family? Because it makes such a huge difference in the quality of your life.
1: I agree in the quality of your kids' lives, but yours as well. You know, We think about, oh, it's for the kids. Yes. No, it's for us as well, because right. the happier we are, the happier they are. And why yeah. not put the effort into the marriage? We see so many of these marriages just fall to the ground, and they just fall apart because the effort is not put in, that, in on them. And I'm not making any yeah. judgments. I know a lot of people have to get out for very valid reasons, but sometimes we just plain and simple give up.
4: Yes. Yeah. And it's the whole idea that yes, there is effort involved, but that's Okay. Like, that's how you get good at something, is by putting in effort. And if you have, like, this ho-hum marriage, a boring marriage, you know, kind of like, eh, then you have to ask yourself, well, what's the effort level that I'm putting into this marriage? And most likely, it'll correspond. <laughs> like, if you're putting in very little, you get very little. And if only one partner puts in a lot, but the other one doesn't put in any, eh, it's a little compromise. But that shouldn't stop that one partner from still trying and keep to keep at it because, Eventually, that behavior is going to change the heart of that spouse.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the basics that you teach us in 31 Days to a Happy Husband, because I think you are such a giving wife, because I'll never forget at the beginning of the year (laughs) when you told me that every year your husband says to you, so when are you going to take off your Christmas weight? Like, I'm like, he says that to you? (laughs) so
4: funny isn't it so for you husbands out
1: there my husband
4: will make you look like an angel
1: (laughs) (laughs) and the fact that you're okay with it i'm like oh my gosh you're like oh yeah you know we should look good for our husbands i'm like i know but they're not supposed to say when are you taking off your christmas weight (laughs) that's so funny
4: you know and and part of it too is you know there's give and take and there's kind of a a a, a vibe for every marriage you know i i Obviously, for some marriages, that's not what you should say as a husband. But in our marriage, this works. You know, he speaks this way, and, and I can hear him. And then, you know, I can go out and speak for a weekend and travel, and he can have the kids for four days in a row, no problem. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of the way he gives things that other men, you know, have a hard time giving. I give things that maybe other women, but, you know, and then there's other areas we fall short in You who are listening, so you, you do awesome. So it's all that give and take. But the 31 days for the happy husband, it's really about putting that husband back as that apple of your eye again because Mm -hmm. you know when you're dating and you're seeing him you have this oh wow i'm dreaming about him and then after you've been married a long time we've been married 17 years you're kind of like i need a little space from you once in a while
1: you're dreaming about (laughs) him and how much he irritates you
4: yeah so we have to get (laughs) in that mindset once in a while to do that dream, and so what I've done with the word dream is the D, and these are the things from interviewing men that men really need from their wives. Okay. And so the D is domestic tranquility. How can he have a peaceful home to come home to? The R is respect, that a man needs to be respected in his own home. That's a big one the for e, men.
1: Respect is huge. A huge one.
4: Yeah, and this other next one is another favorite. It's the E of Eros, and it's that Greek word for passionate love. And then the A is attraction. That's where the Christmas weight comes in. Is how can I remain attractive to my husband? <laughs> and then the M is mutual activities. How can I do things with my husband? Because men love to do things side by side. They like to do activities together while they're fixing the car. They like it if you're like hanging out and just chatting with them, handing them a wrench or whatever. Where we women, we love to just like stare at each other face to face and have Bible studies and have coffee together, you know. And we wonder, why does my husband not like to do those things? Well, men... To like to do things side by
1: side. You know, it's so true because my husband does like to do those fun activities and he'd love it if I sat there next to the car with, you know, an oil rag and handed him various <laughs> tools that twist and turn, you know, and that mm-hmm. you're and I think I'm his friend, like, you know, what I mean, like, I don't know that he yeah. has really other friends. I know that sounds funny when he works and work, you know, when he's in a place of work, those people like him and consider him a friend, yeah. but he really only makes plans with me. He doesn't make plans with any other yeah. person. Well, and our kids, of course. So let's start back with the D of dream, uh, domestic tranquility. A husband needs a peaceful haven. And so you say this has to do with when they come home. And I know a lot of people are going to say you're 1950s and do you have a bow in your hair and dinner ready and an apron on. You're saying you do need some tranquility when he gets home. It makes him feel more peaceful. My husband can't stand it when it's messy.
4: Yeah, and that's pretty funny. So just know, you listening, I have no bow in my hair and I have not vacuumed before my husband comes in. But I do consider, you know, like what you're thinking of is the invisible and the visible. So by invisible, I mean when he comes home, is it like, hey, how's it going, honey? You know, or is it this this warmth of, oh, you're home? I'm so glad. And it's just, you know, what's going on? What's the atmosphere in the home? And then the visible, of course, is, well, if you've got a lot of young kids in the house or you've got a messy house, then it means, okay, let's get a trail from the garage to the dinner table. (laughs) Right. Get that cleared off for him to go to. But it's just that consideration of... How can we make this pleasant for him? So even if the house is a mess and
1: you have a hard time with that and you're really busy with lots of kids and lots of jobs possibly, that maybe, like you said, have a nice uh, table set and as you put a trail from the garage to the table so that he can, you know, feel some sense of peace and some calm within the house. And I know what you mean about uh, that excitement. Like when I come home, the kids act like they've won the lottery and I'm the prize. And when dad comes home, they're like, hey, dad. And When mom comes home, it's (laughs) like, mommy. They're so excited.
4: Yeah. And, you know, to that point, I had a husband and wife say, you know, when my husband came home, the wife always had the kids like, whoa, daddy, come like this big parade because that's how she would want to be greeted. And she figured that's how he would want to be greeted also. But he was more introverted. And he was kind of like, okay, this is a lot of stimulation. And she realized after years, you know, oh, my husband doesn't want to be greeted this way. My husband wants to be greeted quietly, like he walks in the door and we just go, hi, Dad, it's so nice to see you. It's great to have you
1: home. And that's it. He didn't want the parade. He didn't want the the parade. Oh, my husband wants the parade. He wants confetti. He wants horns blown. He wants prizes, cupcakes, treats, like whatever goes along with it. He loves the parade.
4: So a lot of it is finding out what does your husband like. And how would he feel welcome in your home? And the attitude and that demeanor of, honey, I want this to be a haven for you, a refuge for you. Because work can be a hard place. Being out of work can be a hard place. All these different things and so forth. your husband, when he thinks of, oh, good, I get to go home that he'd say, this is a place where I feel welcome and I feel loved.
1: I like that. Okay, so domestic tranquility, uh, there's the visible and invisible, making him feel loved, knowing what he wants, what he enjoys. I remember once being at a retreat with my husband, and he said, I just wish you'd have something for dinner on the table. I was like, what? Like, he makes, like, the most weird concoctions for dinner. Like, it's nothing that the rest of us would eat. And it has sauces and all these weird things mixed in it. And then he takes hot sauces and mayonnaise and pickles and onions and mixes them up and makes (laughs) sauces. And I'm like, but we don't even, like, know what it is you make, let alone, like, I can't make it. And so what I've learned is... I make what goes into that. So I have like the oh, chicken prepared and I have like the onion sliced and I get the mayo out and then some kind of bread. And then he makes his concoction. So I've learned yeah. that I just make, we make like whatever it is he wants to, we do the prep for him. We, we're like the food exactly. prep people. Yeah. And then yeah. Then, he, then he's happy. Then he makes his con- his concoction and his little, you know, it's like a witch stirring a brew. I have no idea what's go- what goes in those <laughs> sauces. The question is, do your children eat that? No, he offers them $20. That's like the joke. Come on, $20 if you try daddy's sauce. Come on, try his dippy yeah. sauce. $20. And you know it's always got some horrible hot something in it, you know?
4: That is hysterical.
1: <laughs> $20. $20. The kids would be rich if they ever tried it. Okay, so we've got um, the D of dream. Okay, now what? Uh, let's go on to the R.
4: Yeah, that R of respect, as you were saying, is so important for that man to feel respected. For that man to say, my words have weight. You know, if I say something, it's not like I'm flippantly told, "Well, that will never work, dear," or "That's a crazy idea, dear," or "We could never do
1: that." Or so judging them about I, their work, we can't judge them and say, yeah. "Well, I can't believe you let him give away the." Why don't you tell your boss how you really feel? Well, if they don't respect yeah. respect you at work, you're never going to get a raise. No, no, no. That's like um, that's like putting a fi- like a, a, a a fire truck, um, calling a fire truck to your marriage and putting the fire of your love out. If you disrespect yeah. your husband, particularly when it comes to work, but also I think home man- manners, financial manners, I'm not saying we women don't get a say, but if they feel you yeah. don't believe in them, you don't respect them. And I've heard many women say, well, they don't, they have to earn my respect. Could you go first and show them respect to see if they could live up to that, um, you know, level of respect?
4: And, you know, the the complementary question to that is, okay, well, then, if they're going to earn the respect, then you have to earn their love. And what did you do to earn their love today? And you're going to be like, I don't have to do a thing to earn their love. I'm me. They should love me as I am. And it's the same thing for men, for that respect, that they want to be inherently respected for being that man, the man you chose to marry, the man you believed in. So it's not like you get stuck with someone that you're like, I can't remember this man. <laughs> it's like, this is the man that you chose. And it's this idea of going back. I remember my husband looking back at, you know, when we were dating, and he said, you know, somewhat wistfully, I was Superman then. I could do anything, you know, in your eyes. And and it really made me think that's the, that's that attitude that men so need, that admiration of a woman believing in them against all odds, even when, you know, saying when things are good and when things are bad, but a woman believing in a man and saying, honey, I totally believe in your judgment. I totally believe you'll make the right decision. I believe you're going to rise to the occasion. Even if we don't feel like saying those words, and then for us to be willing to go to the ends of the earth with this man, if he says, okay, well, that means we're going to have to pack up and move to Jersey, you know, or whatever it is, that we say, okay, I believe in you, and I believe that by, by working with you, God will meet my needs
1: right and you're right we we chose that man but we also chose that man in many cases to be the father of our children
4: yeah
1: not just as a spouse but as the father of our children so uh, you know g- show him that respect and also y- your children are learning how to treat their spouse by watching you and your yeah. behavior or right, you know i always get embarrassed by the um sex talk i don't know if people can spell sure. but they'll figure that one out so there's the uh, dream uh is d domestic yeah. tranquility R for respect and then E the eros the the, yeah. the romance
4: the romance and, you know and it's this little for women it's this thing that's got to click in our mind to understand okay the way that we feel so loved when our husband listens to us and you know cares about us and we feel so appreciated appreciated that's how when we take time and we are not just like okay you know, here's my body, I know it's important to you, let's go do this thing. But instead, we, with joy, say, oh, I'm so glad that we get to be together, because that communicates to him, oh, I'm so loved, and we are connected, and she's so attracted to me, that it's so important for the man. So I think that when we can understand this is how he feels loved, and even though we may start, like, it's the end of the day, and you're like, oh, I'm so tired and i hope he doesn't look at me with those googly eyes and then he doesn't look at you with the the googly (laughs) eyes but you know what he's thinking you know And you think oh brother and you know somebody that i interviewed that was so helpful cliff and joyce penner they're sex therapists they've been therapists for over 40 years and they just talked about how that nothing turns on a man like a turned on woman You know, and I was so embarrassed when I was on the phone with them. I'm like, okay, thank you for the answer of that question. But this idea for the woman to say, I'm not just here because I know it's good for you, but I'm here because it's good for me too.
1: And that, well, in that plan. that plays in with the attraction. We only have like four minutes left. So that plays in with the attraction. A husband needs to be attracted to his wife. And a lot of people don't like to hear that. And they're like, well, he should love me no matter how how I look or whether I do my makeup or whether. Well, aren't we more attracted to them if they take care of themselves? Let's be honest.
4: Yeah, and I love what Willard Harley says. I always go back to that. By being attractive, it's calling a woman to look reasonably close to the woman that your husband married. (laughs) So it's kind of like try to hang on to that best version of yourself through the years. And, you know, if you do the best that you can to be healthy to put on lipstick, you know, comb your hair, whatever, you're gonna not only look good to
1: him, you're gonna feel better yourself. You are cracking me up (laughs) to look reasonably close to the way that you look when he married you. Reasonably. All right. And then mutual activities, I think a lot of people forget to have fun with their spouse. That's one I'm very good at. Like I'm great at the adventures and the fun and planning things and you know, activities and you know driving to a lake in the mountains and going for a hike with the kids and oh I love all those adventures. So mutual activities but it's not just what you want to do. It's actually like when he wants to go as I've told you before, like the four wheel jeeping and the monster jeep up in right. the and he has that really loud uh, really creepy horn that's like <laughs> whatever it does that like everyone looks and then you try to hide in the back <laughs> That's so funny. But see how that
4: totally, that puts you together. When you and your husband have all these crazy adventures and you do these things, that brings you together. And I know a lot of wives are, they're either unwilling because it's like, well, I don't know how to do that. And what I would say is just, it's better for you just to be there and do something poorly, but just show up and try it than to say like well I can't do it as long as it's not dangerous to you so oh,
1: my girlfriend you just got remarried or something. Yeah, yeah, my my girlfriend just got remarried uh, like about a year ago and uh her husband had lost his wife of like 40 years. Uh, and Mm -hmm. so he got remarried and she'd never golfed. And so she's taking lessons. She has the little clothes. She has the little shoes, the little cap, you know, they travel all over the country. Like if I, if I got taken to like Pismo or Pebble beach or whatever to to golf, I think I'd want to learn too, but she's doing it because of him. And like, sometimes I I think they do even bowling. Like she never bowled, you know, so she's doing all these things for the first time, um, later in her life. It's, she's not a kid, um, because it makes him happy.
4: Yeah, and those activities, they'll bring them closer together as a couple, and if she shows up to bowling and she does these things and she will realize, you know, I don't love it as much as him, but I can do this, and yeah. still like it for the time spent together, and it will mean the world to him that, wow, my wife is trying to learn these things because she wants to be with me. And that speaks volumes to him. Well, So it's, it is important to have mutual activities together.
1: We're almost out of time, but I, I do want to uh, recount something you told me recently. You said you took out all these old movies of you and your husband while you were dating to remember how crazy you were about him. And you're like, wow, right. I was crazy about him. And didn't you like interview him or say something or something in this, these old mo- movies?
4: Yeah, we would talk about, because in, in the back of my mind, I thought someday we might get married. So I'd ask him like, what did we do on our date? And, what do you
2: think about this? You, you know, so interviewed him. Those, yeah, I love it. Yeah, funny to have those
4: little memories together. All uh, right. Very cheesy, but very fun.
1: 31 days to a happy husband. How do they find your website, Arlene?
4: ArlenePelicane.com. And you can take a quiz, do I have a happy husband?
1: Oh, a quiz. Thank you, Arlene.
0: 810 KLVZ. Brighton, Denver, Boulder. A Crawford Broadcasting Station all right you want to be
1: healthier right what if you could get a free health assessment and you could get a number that would let you know hey I am really in bad shape or hey I'm doing really <laughs> great well we've got one for you it's a free health assessment it's a hundred questions and Dr. Joe Arvey is here and Dr. Joe how do we uh, take this health
2: assessment basically just send me your first name and your last name and your email address and we'll email this lifestyle risk questionnaire to you and what it does it's a hundred questions and it analyzes how you're living how you're eating what you're doing to so whether your health is going the the right way or the wrong way. And it gives you a score. And then based on that score, we can go to work on making lifestyle choices, diet changes, things you can do every day to get that score down and get your health moving in the right direction. And so you can call me at 303-349-6011 and leave me a message and I can get you plugged in that way. Or you can text me at the same number 303-349-6011 or go to spinegeek.com and contact us and we'll get a hold of you there and we'll make it happen. But it's a free assessment and it's going to be awesome for you.
1: Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend, Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the differently abled ambassadors through you and it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally and you need donations. We need donations all the time and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303 238 Jane which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy. Love it and you can also of course drop things off but they'll come and pick things up for free and again all the money stays locally to help the disabled community and I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you.
5: Perfect. Yay.
1: Hello it's your pal Angie Austin. You know I have to tell you if you enjoy the good news I would love your support. I would love to team up with you to partner with you and help you grow your business or your nonprofit and also you could support the good news at the same time. I know all of my sponsors personally I really enjoy working with these advertisers because we have friendships as well as a business relationship. This show means the world to me I have a passion for sharing good news and I have a passion for my faith and I would also have a passion for you and and building your business as well. You can reach me at angieaustinnews at gmail.com, angieaustinnews at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you.
0: This is where love lives, 810 KLVZ. This is Mike Treem, station manager of KLVZ, reminding you that some of the sponsors and segments that you hear on The Good News help us bring you the good news in Angie Austin every day.
1: Welcome back to the good news. Will, are you interested in being your own boss? Many of us are, but it can be more complicated than you think. Today, Todd Hollander, the managing director and head of business banking for Union Bank, is here to give us the results of their latest small business survey. And how are things looking for small business owners?
5: Well, not too bad. Um, Interesting uh, this year. It's a little bit more pessimistic than it was last year. Uh, the outlook for for business owners are uh, just a little bit worse. Last year was our all time high. So when we say that uh, the the uh, the optimism is is settled down and they're a little more pessimistic, I want everybody to keep it in uh, context. That we're off our little our, our highs, but it's nowhere near recession levels, and it's back to pre recession levels when things were pretty good. So I think by and large, uh, business owners are pretty optimistic, especially about their own businesses, uh, but less so about the national and local economies.
1: All right. So, in regards to the survey, what else can we learn from it that we can, you know, glean some positive news out of?
5: Well, uh, the, the the good news is uh, most of most of the uh, business owners, seventy eight percent, feel that their businesses are headed in the right direction, and they That's have good. the ability to navigate through things uh, more more uh business owners are being approved for credit approved for credit when they uh when they apply and actually the the folks in the pacific northwest are leading the way there they have a higher percentage of being approved for credit than uh than anywhere else yeah which is good news and uh They are really feeling pretty good about uh, about the future, but they are nervous about things like taxes, regulation, the environment, environmental issues, minimum wage increase, interest rate increase and uh, economic stimulus. So uh, there's still a lot of, uh, you know, uncertain waters out there for them to navigate, but uh, overall still pretty optimistic.
1: How about uh, minority business owners? Uh, How did they fare in 2015? And, uh, you know, just kind of give us the lowdown on that uh, arena.
5: Yeah, it, interesting. Uh, this is one of the more interesting things about the survey. I'm glad you asked. Is uh, Minority business owners seemed a little more optimistic uh, than others. They applied oh. for credit more often. They were approved for credit more often than others, uh, more likely to lower prices, more likely to – uh, make capital investment and, uh, and and see that their businesses are increasing. I think if you look under the hood of the data, it's, uh, it's kind of a natural thing. Uh, we have more minority businesses today than we've ever had. So that would tell us that a lot of the uh, businesses are on the younger side of the life cycle. Mm-hmm. So they're in expansion mode and ready to go. So it's, uh, it's good news, uh, but it's also understandable.
1: Well, Todd, you're a banking bigwig. Why did Union Bank decide that they wanted to do this survey you know, to help us out?
5: Yeah, well, this is our 17th year of our survey. And uh, what it enables us to do is really peek, peek into uh, what our customers are thinking. So when we're looking at designing products and services and we want to make sure that we're meeting their needs uh, and that we can help them succeed, it, it really lets us uh, keep a pulse on what the concerns of the day and the year are. So it's it's been a great tool for us to use too.
1: You know, I understand, you know, many people want to have their own businesses and I understand the fears and risks and sometimes you just have to, you know, jump off that cliff and hope that your, you know, parachute comes out. But I'm astounded and I'm curious about some of your advice on starting a business. I'm astounded by how many people don't have enough financial resources um, uh, savings, enough savings to uh, rely on if their business takes a while to take off, which as you know, it does. So w- could you give us, we've got about a minute left, could you give us like some of your basic tips about what, pe- what people should do before they jump off that cliff to start their small business or a business?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I give, I give uh, new business owners the same advice I give people when they're going to borrow. Make sure that whatever you're going to do, you're better off for doing it than not doing it. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're going to borrow and uh, you know that you're going to have to pay interest, make sure that you're going to make more money than you're going to spend. Uh, so when you're starting a business, make sure that you know where the revenue sources are going to come from, and you're always thinking about contingencies. What if this happens? Where do I go? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. entrepreneurs are very confident people, which is good, uh, but you know, what are you going to do if this happens or something you don't expect happens and always have somewhere to go? So uh, our, our long-term businesses are the ones that do that, so they're there and they can weather storms because they anticipate what might or might not happen.
1: All right, Todd, where can people go to get more info on you and the survey in the bank?
5: Well, it'd be great if you went to www.unionbank.com. We have a podcast And we have the uh, survey results there in print. So either way, uh, please come visit us at UnionBank.com. And uh, we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you.
1: Excellent. Todd Hollander with Union Bank. Thank you, Todd.
5: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.